Good morning. I am so proud of all of you for waking up early and being here bright and early at 8 o'clock in the morning for the devotional. Thank you for coming. Uh, I pray that it will be a blessing for each and every one of you, as well as for me this morning as we study the Word. We're going to have a Bible study this morning. Is that okay with you? We're going to study the Bible and see what Jesus has in store for us. You know... I was worried, actually, about Bobby's introduction. <laughs> I wasn't sure what he was going to say. But those years at Souls West were the two best years of my life back then. Every year it gets better in Jesus' service. Every year it gets better. But from that point, I would have to say that that was the turning point in my life of genuinely enjoying life with Jesus. It started there. And I remember those first classes. We didn't know hardly anything. (laughs) Uh, But God taught us so much from the Word of God. And I know one thing that I actually think about, now that you mentioned that, that goes along with what I'm sharing this morning, is the first first time I ever met Bill Crick. Uh, Many of you know Bill. I don't think he's here this morning. No. But the first time I met Bill Crick, he, he came right up to me. And he he shook my hand and he said, you must be Heidi Bryant. And I said, yes, how do you know me? And, you know, he's like, I've heard a lot about you. I said, well, I hope it's good. And then then after talking for about five or ten minutes about my background, my family background, where I'd come from, the parents that I had, he told me something that I will never forget. He said, Heidi, because of the way the Lord has led in your life and what he has given you, You owe your life to the world. He just said, you can't live for yourself. Don't even think about it. And I remember that it it burned in my memory, and I've always remembered, Heidi, don't live for yourself. God God has given all of us in this room talents, abilities, gifts, and he's saying, I've given them to you because I don't want you to live for yourself. And this morning, we'll be looking at that today. The title of the message is Buried. Let's begin with a word of prayer. Father in heaven, oh Lord Jesus, we owe everything to you. Lord, you are a God who was willing to become a man You are the king of the universe who is willing to become a servant. And Father, when we look at the character of your son, reflecting your beautiful character to earth, we see a God we want to serve. Lord, we see a God that we want to serve with all of our mind, soul, and strength. Father, we pray that you would be here this morning as we study from your word, that you would bring to our mind spiritual realities that will give us a deeper commitment to living 100% for you. Father, I pray that your presence would be here and that, that I would not speak, but that you would, and that others and myself, that we would simply hear the voice of Jesus speaking to our hearts this morning. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 25. Matthew 25. 
We'll be starting in verse 13. And as soon as you get there, if you could let me know by saying hallelujah, that would be great. Matthew 25, we're starting in verse 13. All right, there's a few. Are you there? Okay, praise the Lord. Matthew 25 and verse 13 reads, Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour which the Son of Man, in which the Son of Man is coming. We don't know when Jesus is going to come, do we? We don't know the day, we don't know the hour. But what does Jesus ask us to do here in this verse? He says, I want you to watch. Now, the context here is so important in what we are about to embark upon in our study of God's word. This verse is the context for the passage that we'll study this morning. The passage of the talents. It says in Christ's Object Lessons, Jesus, speaking of Jesus, he showed what it means to watch for his coming. Christ's Object Lessons, page 325. The time is to be spent not in idle waiting. Not in what? Not in idle waiting, but in diligent working. This lesson he taught in the parable of the talents. So here we can see it's giving us this picture of the fact that Jesus is coming soon and that we are to watch, right? That's verse 13. And verse 14 goes straight into the parable of the talents. How are we to watch? I believe that everything boils down to priorities based on the time that we're living in. Do you? Everything. I know Michael Tuzon came through and gave some worships in our programs. Uh, I work in Southern California, and I have two, two wonderful, amazing youth rush programs that I love um, with all of my heart. And he came through and shared some worships with these teams of young people who were going out and doing ministry. And as he came through, his message was powerful. For those of you who heard it, to think about the fact that we make, we make decisions differently based off of knowing what time it is, you know? If, if you gotta be to work by eight, decisions that you make at 7.55 are drastically different than ones you make at 6 a.m., right? Drastically different. Because you have greater priorities, and that's the way it is for us. I believe that's why Jesus put verse 13 in before verse 14. Because he wants us to realize how important it is to him that we develop talents. Now, let's go through. We're starting in verse 14, the parable of the talents in the context of the second coming. It is the most important thing that we can be doing right now. Not being idle waiters, but being diligent workers in what we do. And let's begin by reading verse 14. It says, for the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. Here we see a man going on a far journey. And what does he do before he leaves? What does he do before he leaves? 
He calls his servants to him and he, got, he does what? He delivers to them his goods. Whose goods are they? His. He delivers to them his goods. Continuing on, verse 15. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own what? His own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. What I like here is the fact that this master was smart enough to realize that not everyone can handle everything. This master gave to each one according to his ability. Verse 16. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. Here we see two faithful servants. Amen? Right away they take the talents that God has given them that are not their own. Whose are they? They are whose goods? They are his goods. They, They accept his goods into their life. And then what they do is they go and they completely multiply it. Times two, right? Times two, it comes. But, oh, unfortunately, there is a sour part of this story where an unfaithful servant goes and buries his talent. Verse 19, after a long time, the Lord of these servants came and settled accounts with them. After how long? After a long time time. It's interesting to see the kind of master portrayed in this story. A master who doesn't say, here are the talents, you have two days to develop them. (laughs) But he gives them a long time. What a merciful God we serve. He gives us his goods and then he says, I'll give you a long time to be faithful. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came, but he settled accounts. He settled accounts. There is, there is reporting that happens. As, as a literature ministries director, there's two boards that I, that I do every year where I have to report what I have done in the past six months. And that's important for accountability because my conference has given me so much. And what do I need to do? Show them faithfully how I've been a steward of what they have given me. Not only monetarily, but my students. The people that I work with in the, in the conference. People in churches. We're stewards of what we are given. And the master calls for an account. Verse 20. So he who had received five talents came And brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. 
He also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. What a blessing here to see multiplication and development of what God had given. Amen? There was complete development of what God had given these two faithful servants. The characteristic of a good and faithful servant in this context is that they are faithful in the little that is given to them. And there's, there's a beautiful quote. It says, Today, while the humble worker of God is following his employment, angels of God stand by his side, listening to his words, noting the manner in which his work is done, to see if larger responsibilities may be entrusted to his hands. God is looking at us with those two talents, and he's saying, are they developing them? Can I give them five more? Because I want to. Faithful and little equals faithful in much. And then the sour part again begins. Verse 24, Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. It's interesting here. That servant knew that it was his goods. He knew it wasn't his. He had that part right. The gift had come from God. But it's interesting to see the misconception of God's character that he has. Do you see that? Major misconception of God's character. Thinking that he was a hard person. You know, some taskmaster. And it's, it's interesting to see that that root issue of why he didn't multiply his talents was because of the misconception of God's character. It says he was afraid. What was he afraid of? Afraid of what? Afraid of what? What would the master say if he lost it? Sometimes I think we can be afraid of failure in talent development. We've been given something so great. We'd rather like hot potato throw it in someone else's hands. You don't know how many times I've wanted to throw my hot potato. Verse 26. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. But you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers, and at my coming... I would have received back my own, at least with some interest. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he, who will, have a, and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has 
will be taken away. You know, again, here at the end of the story, we see again that the goods are still his. They're still not ours. We get back and everything we've developed is still his. It's always his all the way through the story. Now, it's interesting. I I see a lot of parallels between this story and our lives. I do a lot of parallels uh, between this story and our lives. Jesus, you know, Jesus is in a faraway country right now. And I believe that he literally has given us his goods, expecting us to do something with it. He has given us gifts and he expects us to take it and run with it and do everything we can. He is giving, of course, according to your ability, according to my ability, whatever you have been given, throwing it away like a hot potato will not do anything. God gave you what you can handle, therefore use it. He gave you what you could handle. He desires us to multiply, to grow, to develop. In Christ's object lesson, it says, the question that most concerns us is not, how much have I received? She's got five and I've got two. But what am I doing with what I have? That's the real question. It's not, oh, why didn't I get as many as my friend over here? Or why don't I have that gift? It's no, what am I doing with what I have? The development of all our powers is the first duty we owe to God and to our fellow man. Your first duty is to develop who God created you to be. That's it. First duty. But then there was that unfaithful servant who I consider to be the buried servant. Burying his talents in the ground is useless. He became completely useless in the hands of God. I think of that song, you know, hide it under a bushel. No. I'm going to let it shine. God wants us to have that kind of experience where we are, are firmly letting our light shine. And yet this unfaithful servant buried his talents. I pray that none of us in this room by living out our lives for ourselves, bury who God created us to be. When the master came back to settle accounts, praise Jesus, he he gives us a long time. I don't believe we have a lot of time left because we are living in the last days of earth's history. But still, when he comes, everyone, he will be able to say to everyone, I gave you a long time. I gave you enough time to develop what I gave you. What a merciful God we serve. When that reporting time comes, the question will be, what have you done with what I have given you? To his servants, Christ commits his goods, something to be put to use for him. He gives to every man his work. Praise God, we don't all do the same thing. There's many different gifts and talents that God has given us. He gives to every man his work. Each has his place in the eternal plan of heaven. Did you know that up in heaven, there is something called the eternal plan, and your name is in it? Your name is there. God has this perfect plan. I think he has a calendar in heaven. 
That's where all the divine appointments are. I think he has, I think he has a planner up there in heaven. And that's, he literally, literally by your name, he has your plan A of what he wants you to do with your life and how he wants to take the talents that he's given you and develop it and make it beautiful. He has a plan for you. It says each is to work in cooperation with Christ for the salvation of souls. There's nothing in here about a career. Your first priority is the salvation of souls. Everything else is subjected to that. Whatever you end up doing, you're there for the salvation of souls. Every place you find yourself, no matter what job you're doing, no matter what you have been given, your, your primary goal is the salvation of souls. That's it. Not more surely, listen to this, this is so beautiful. Not more surely is the place prepared for us in the heavenly mansions. Do you believe that God has a mansion for you? He says in John 14, I go to prepare a place for you, you know? So just as surely as there is a mansion for you up in heaven, there is a special place designated on earth where we are to work for God. God has special places for special people, and he wants to use you. But he's asking for you to be faithful a little first. You know, I remember uh, the beginning of my experience at Souls, and everyone was the buzz, you know, about leadership. Like, am I going to be a leader? Are you going to be a leader? What if, what if I don't lead? Oh, no, I think I should lead. You know, like, all these thoughts are, can be going through people's minds, right? But really, the only thing that we need to do, no matter where you are, no matter where God has brought you to and what lessons he's drug you through, <laughs> simply be faithful in what is given to you. And God will give you more. These talents are, are his. You know, I think of the, the one who buried their talents. It's so different than the ones who multiplied because more was given to them. However, the one who buried their gifts and their talents, what was given to them was then taken away. You either use it or you lose it. I firmly believe that. Use your talents now. You will lose them later. God wants to entrust them to people who are safe, not only to bless, but who are actually going to use them. Now, what are some talents? I, I, I would like to hear uh, from you. What are some talents uh, that you feel God has given us? Uh, I know that there are broad, big, big general talents that everyone has. And then, of course, there's specific talents that God gives each person individually uh, through his spirit. But what are some of the big, broad, general talents that God has given man? Time. Okay. There's one. What was it? Teaching. Speech. Your speech. Exactly. What else? Influence. Exactly. The influence that you have on others. That's a talent. Anything else? Health. Yes. It looks like someone has read Christ Object Lessons, chapter 25. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, someone said money. What else? Youth. Your age. Okay. There's a lot of young people in here and then some that are young in heart. God has given... No, it's all right. God... <laughs> 
we're all young. We are, we are all young compared to Methuselah, so it's all good. What, what else? Strength. strength. Okay, your strength. Strength of character, exactly. Character that you have been developing, that's a talent. When, let's go back to the first one that was given, time. Uh, in Christ's Object Lessons, it says, of no talent he has given will he require a more strict account than of our time. That is the thing that he will require, the strictest account. It's our time. Every moment, every moment is to be used for his service. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Every, if every second truly counted to us for eternity, how differently would we spend our time? And then add on top of that the fact that we are living in that time where we're supposed to be watching because Jesus is coming, you know? It just compounds the intensity of the talent of time. Time. What about intelligence? Yeah? God has given a brain to each one of us to be used. There's, there's a story uh, that I want to share with you. When I was living up in Clovis, I went to um, church there at uh, the Clovis Church with Dale Lehman. And there's several people at the Clovis Church that have really stuck out in my mind uh, whenever I think of dedicated people. And <laughs> I was out in the foyer one day. This guy came up to me. His name is Dave. Some people call him Crazy Dave. He has curly hair, and he always has this kind of crazy look in his eye. I don't think, I, I think he has struggles mentally. I believe that he does. Um, and yet he's very sincere. He loves God. Um, he comes to church, all that kind of stuff. And Dave came up in the foyer. It was after church. Uh, it, was, it was a couple days before an evangelistic series was about to begin at the Clovis Church. And there were stacks of flyers, just stacks of flyers out on, on a table in the foyer. And church members were supposed to take flyers and go out and hand them out in the afternoon, okay? To go and invite people, you know, go to your neighborhood, do your street, talk to someone, that kind of thing. And it had been announced from the front. But when I looked there in the afternoon, there were still quite a few stacks of door cards to put on the door for the, for the evangelistic series. But Dave came up, walked past me, grabbed a big fat stack. He was like about this big, okay? And he's like, I'm gonna go pass these out right now. He's like, I'm gonna go, he's like, I'm gonna go walk up and down Shaw right now and give them to everyone I see right now. And he's like, Will you pray for me? Will you pray for me? And I said, Yes, I'd love to pray for you, Dave. And so I just I put my hand on him, I prayed for him, I was like, Lord, lead him to the right people, all that kind of stuff. And he went out excited. And he went out with half a brain to do God's work. But people with a whole brain don't do it. That has irked me for the past five years. That people with incredible intelligence choose to do other things than serve God. One of our talents is intelligence. There's another man there who's about seven or eight in his mind 
but he's about 45 to 50 in body. He's the friendliest member in the church. He loves everyone that comes into that door. And yet those with 100% of a brain are sometimes cold. God requires the training of the mental faculties. He designs that his servants shall possess more intelligence and clearer discernment than the worldling. And he is displeased with those who are too careless or too indolent to become efficient, well-informed workers. God wants you to develop your mind and use your smartness for him. Use it for him completely and thoroughly. Another talent is speech. Every word that we speak, just like every second that we live, is a talent that God has given us. Will our words bless or will they tear down? Will we miss the opportunity to speak a word in season? Or will we be willing to share? What about beauty? There's many young, beautiful people in this room. You're in the prime of your life. You realize that man does look on the outward appearance, which means you have a lot of influence right now in your life just because of the way you look. Do you realize that because of your age, because of our age right now, everyone will listen to you? Little kids like you, old people like you, your friends like you. You can use that influence and that beauty for Jesus. What about money? The famous George Mueller, the famous orphanage builder, um, from what I hear from his story, he started out with a certain amount of money, and he stayed at that certain amount of money that he needed to live. And the more and more money he got, the more and more he gave. And that is a talent that God has given us. I know you're a poor college student or (laughs) whatever. You're trying to make ends meet. But I, I want to tell you that buying temporary things is not worth it now. Amen. Why waste money that could be used in God's service? Another talent God has given us is influence. How many in this room have been told that they have a good deal of influence? Have you ever been sat down by someone and they're like, I want you to know that you have a lot of influence, young man. <laughs> Do you know? You know, you've probably been told that, Justin. More than once. You have a lot of influence, young woman. What are you going to do with it? Everyone is born with a certain amount of influence. No man is an island. The question is, what influence do you have on others? Your health is a talent. When you lose it, you realize how much of a talent it is. The healthier you are, the more responsible you are for using your health for Jesus. One that no one mentioned is especially dear to my heart, and that is the talent of truth. God has given us beautiful truths as the Adventist church. Amen? Oh, man. When I, I remember when I was doing Bible work in San Jose, Taj came through to preach an evangelistic series at my church in Milpitas, And it was such a blessing to listen through. I remember crying when he was talking about the state of the dead, realizing how beautiful it is to know that they're sleeping. (laughs) 
You know, that, and that's just one of them. But the talent of truth that he has given to us, the gift of salvation. And then last but not least, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And we're looking at verse 4. The gifts of the Spirit are also given more individually, more personally, and they are listed here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 4. 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 4. It says, There are diversities of gifts, but the what? The same Spirit. There are diversities of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. I love that. We don't decide what we're given, but the Spirit decides. And I believe that this list could go on a lot longer. (laughs) There's a lot of gifts of the Spirit. This is not all-inclusive. But if you look... If you look on the back of your little, your little iShare program, you'll see that we need to use them. If you guys want to open um, or grab your little thing or open to Romans 12, the theme text of iShare for this weekend is Romans 12, 4 through 6. And it's a challenge to us to take the talents that God has given us and to use them. Um, if you look at Romans chapter 12... Um, 4 through 6, or the back of your little booklet, it says, For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. Let us use them. The question I have for you this morning is, what, has you, what have you been given? What have you personally been given? And is it buried? The next 20 years of your life, will you live a buried life? Or will you develop what he has given you? I would like to challenge each and every one of you to take time this weekend to pray about what it is God has given you. Maybe you don't know. Maybe you're thinking in your mind, I know God has given me something, but I don't know what it is. Take time today to ask God to reveal to you what it is that he has given you and then commit that straight back into his hands. What will you do with what he has given? Let's pray.
Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you for giving us talents. Thank you for giving us a long time to develop them. Thank you for giving us the power to develop them. And I pray, Lord, that you would take those in this room and those who were not able to come this morning and that you would use us in the next few years, not as buried, unfaithful servants, but as developing, faithful servants. That we might be used by you in the salvation of souls. Jesus, that we might truly take those gifts that you have given through your spirit to each and every one of us, and that we might trust that you know what you're doing. You gave us according to our own ability, and you have now left, and you have asked us to be those faithful stewards of what is not ours. Father, may we all at the end of the day hear those beautiful words, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in little. I will give you much. Lord, we believe that you're coming soon. And so we are wanting to watch and to not stand by idly waiting, but to stand by diligently working. Father, bless us to this end. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.